Welcome to Art Talks. I'm your host, Richard Codd, and I want to thank you for joining us here today on KZMU. And we're at 90.1 or 106.7 on the FM dial. Today's a little cloudy here in Moab, but it's warm and it's 50-something degrees. And boy, what a nice weekend uh, we had here. And, you know, I have not been in the studio to do the show in a couple of months because, geez, uh, back in December, we were away visiting family. And then um, also in January, uh, we ended up in Mexico for a couple of weeks. So it is good to be back. And uh, over the weekend was pretty special here. Uh, The Grand uh, County High School celebrated their 25 years of uh, musical productions uh, that they've done. And uh, I understand that uh, the auditorium was packed. The show was terrific. And again, congratulations to them for producing live theater and musicals for 25 years. Um, And also... uh, Nora Shepard and myself, we happen to be uh, sponsors of February's Science Fiction Film Festival that we did at the Mark. And thank you so much to the Mark staff and the city for all the help that they did and the services that they provided so that we could have our Science Fiction Film Festival and we and we averaged almost fifty people at the three films. So um, again, it was uh, a lot of fun, and we appreciate all the people that came out to have a little fun with old science fiction and newer science fiction. On today's show, we'll we'll be talking with uh, Jess Howe, and who's a local artist here in Moab. And then we'll speak with uh, Donnie Kiffmeyer and uh, Christy Dutton-Williams about the Moab Community Theater. So we have a a fun show today to get get me back in the saddle. And it's time to go to my first guest, Jess Howe. Jess, welcome to KZMU. Hey, thank you. Um, so tell me, uh, uh, you have a show currently at the Mark on intaglio printing. So let's start. Tell me a little bit about yourself first. Um, yeah, well, I'm a local artist. I live here in Moab. Um, and, and what kind of training have you had? I have a BFA in illustration with a minor in art history. Um, I have primarily <laughs> worked in construction and not really in art um, for the past seven-ish years. So I'm kind of like uh, getting a little bit more back into art. Um, but I did uh, get the official degree. I have a piece of paper. <laughs> so, so tell me about um, what, what you do in construction. Um, I'm a carpenter, so I have worked for, like, I worked for community rebuilds here in town, but I've also worked for Habitat for Humanity, um, worked at an escape room, um, I've worked independently, worked at a cabinet shop, um, kind of a variety of different, uh, different places, a lot of finish work. Um, this year I started my own company and I've been doing a lot of, like, bathroom work, a lot of tile, um, some plaster repair. Um, oh, okay. So, 
So, <laughs> so like, so like many artists, the carpentry and the woodworking helps give you the resources to do the art. Definitely, yeah. yeah. One thing, getting into printmaking, it's like you need a lot of tools. And if you already have saws and can do woodworking, you can make a lot of your own tools. And Where did you go to college? Uh, Rochester Institute of Technology um, in Rochester, New York. Oh, okay. It's not really an art school, but they do have art programs. <laughs> okay. Not Rensselaer. Institute, no. right, right. That okay. is right around there, though. <laughs> right, right. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, how long have you lived here? Um, about two years now. Um, I first came through Moab in 2016, um, but then I moved away. I kind of moved around a little bit um, and came back at the end of 2020. And t- so, tell me, I, I mentioned intaglio printing. Tell me what that is. <laughs> Totally, yeah. Um, so intaglio printmaking is the style of printmaking that I've kind of really gotten into, and that's most of what I do right now. Um, it's a particular style of printmaking where it's like it's a category, I guess. So like etching, engraving, and dry point are all like subcategories of intaglio printmaking. Um, the thing that kind of makes them all intaglio is that um, rather than like a relief print where you have like your block that you print from and you apply ink to the high points and like stamp it on, um, intaglio is you have your plate and you scratch into it and then the ink is taken from the low points in the plate, like below the surface of it and transferred to your paper. Um, so for that, you need like a high pressure press and you need to prepare your paper in a specific way so that it like pulls the ink. So you're basically... Basically, you're scratching the surface. It's <laughs> yeah. basically what We're you're doing. We're scratching the surface. That's basically what you're doing. Just, <laughs> exactly. you know, taking a knife across there. But but you're also creating the the image. Exactly. Yeah. So talk about that. Are there different when you're when you're doing the etching in in the surface? Uh, are there different blades that you use? Or t- talk about that. How do you actually make that impression? Totally, yeah. Um, so that's one thing that is different between the different styles of intaglio. So for like etching, which is kind of like the most kind of well-known branch of that uh, category, um, you have your plate, which will be some kind of metal, usually copper. Um, you cover it with something that is like non-corrosive, non-reactive, and then you take an awl or a needle, usually like one one sharp tool, and scratch through that coating and then mm. dunk it in acid. Um, mm. And the acid eats away the metal anywhere it's not covered by that resist. Um, so for that, it usually like an awl um, is kind of the only tool that you need. And then most of the tools and materials for the process are like having the acid and like a non-reactive tank to keep it in and like getting the resist and a way to apply it and all that. Um, is, is intaglio printing a popular type of, of printing? Not since the 1700s, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it used me, to be. Tell, tell, it used to be huge. <laughs> Tell me about its history. It started, what, in the 1400s or something? Yeah. um, It's, like, the way it started is pretty interesting. It's not, it's a little bit fuzzy. It's not known definitively, like, where exactly it began. But um, it's believed that generally, sometime in the early 1400s, somewhere in Germany, um, there 
uh, well, I guess like in a lot of places there has been like a tradition of like carving and engraving armor and like metalwork and like really elaborate metalwork. And in that time, in that place, uh, it was a thing people did to actually um, preserve and remember and be able to do again like patterns that they put into metalwork, especially armor. Um, you would like apply ink to your pattern that you had carved into this thing, take a print off of it, and then you have it saved. So they weren't <laughs> like if if the king put in an order for 150 new helmets for for armor, you didn't have to sit there and you know, uh oh, we got a big order. Everybody's working this weekend, <laughs> right? They could they couldn't do that, it, it, right? Nah, but, you know, like, um, just kind of that idea of pulling the ink out of those depressions in the metal to take a pattern. Um, it's thought that that might be where that came from. And then sort of in that time, in that place, that was when it sort of made the jump from being a way to just, like, check or preserve the pattern on this other thing that was kind of unrelated to printmaking to being like, oh, this is, uh, we can make originals in, in this way and use this as a way to like actually make like art pieces that are supposed to be a piece of paper. So you also make your own paper yeah. as well. And you also, and did you tell me you also make your own inks? Yes, I've started making ink. I'm still working on my recipes because making ink that's suitable for like this particular style of printmaking is really, really tricky. I've gotten good calligraphy ink, um, but I'm really excited to be able to like incorporate handmade ink into it too. <laughs> hmm. And where do you get the elements for the ink? Where do, where do you get yeah. th those supplies? So for the style of ink that I've been working on, um, I'm going for lamp black ink, which is kind of an old, uh, like it's been a traditional calligra calligraphy ink mm -hmm. style uh, for a while. Um, but basically I made a little oil lamp uh, setup where you have like an oil lamp and something to interrupt the flame of the lamp. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it collects soot. And soot is a really great pigment because um, usually if you have pigments, you have to grind them down. You have to really process them to get them to suspend in the ink. Hmm. So it just is like a good consistency to go straight into an ink. So I've got soot, water, and then some acacia gum. Hey, well, here you go. Was, if soot is a good component, what the early cave drawings that mm -hmm. many of them, I believe, used soot in a soot-based compound. I wonder. I wonder, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd believe it. <laughs> so how how compare uh, um, what you do with, say, lithography? Is it the same? Or They're different. Um, litho lithography. lithography. <laughs> Again, you're etching, aren't you? Lith lithography is, like, pretty interesting because um, it's an early uh, chemical-based printing process. So like Intaglio is a physical printing process where there's like physical um, scratches and indentations in the plate. Lithography, okay. you have um, a metal or like even a stone plate um, and it's totally flat, but you apply um, like an oil-based, like, you know, like a some kind of oil-based um, right. drawing medium onto it uh -huh. and then treat the rest of it, like parts that aren't the drawing, with um, something that, it's like an acid and gum mix kind of um, that makes it uh, really porous to water. So what you end up with is a flat thing mm. that is like bonds to oil in some spots and bonds to water in other parts. Hmm. So then you apply an oil-based ink to it and it only sticks to the oil parts. Um, 
I have never done lithography. I've only. I was read just going to ask and you. It sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is. Um, it's like a different branch of um, of printmaking, and lithography is actually one of the um, methods that kind of replaced like etching or like like intaglio when it kind of became a more like accessible, more um, just like a you know a fully developed it, technology. Is it is it cheaper to print something? Um, through a lithographic process than it is through an intagli. What is the intaglionic? Intagli. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. I guess uh, I, I don't know how to conjugate the word intaglio. <laughs> intaglion. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> you see, you just, you just make it sound like a little Italian. Just throw in a little, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know which would be cheaper. Um, okay. And I'm sure that's something that, you know, like now to do intaglio printmaking, it's like you need a specialized press. It would be super small scale. It would be like a very like which you kind made. Of thing. You made your own press. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and we should mention that you do have a show at the Mark. I do for the remainder of February. Um, it's in the foyer, and um, if. If you want to see some of Jess's work, get over there because it closes on uh, February 28th, right at the end of the month, or does it go a little into March? Um, I think it actually closes a little bit before the 28th. Okay. Um, I think it might be the 26th. Oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> And, and uh, let me go back to the Intaglio for a second. I read where it's used primarily for like passports, uh, mm. printing that requires a number of layers of colors. Was, was that sound correct? Um, it definitely uh, has. Mon- money. Money. Is, is still used, some, a similar type, right? Yeah. As far as like, um, like modern uses of intaglio printmaking, I think money and um, like passport sounds right. I haven't heard that before, but I believe it. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily something that is like really great for like multicolor printing. Like you can do it, um, right? But it is um, for things that are like uh, like high security documents that they're trying to make like hard to reproduce. Right, right, right. That's what I. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so like the traditional way to print it would be like with an intaglio method, and they've continued that. I think mostly for like document security reasons. So like if I take a class with you, I can probably by the end of the class, I can start to print my own hundreds and five hundreds. You know, <laughs> you know, Come go, to my counterfeiting go, classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would sell out probably, you know. Well, print your own million well, dollar maybe, bill. Maybe, maybe, maybe that wouldn't be such a wise thing to do. You'd probably, probably be able to track them pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if we put my picture on. But no, no, no. So um, t- tell me, you're going to be the artist in the park for the National Park Service coming up. Yeah, 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's chat about that for a second. Um, I've had some of the others on who've been in that that position. Tell me again, when, when does it start and what will you be doing as the 2023 artist in the park here um, at Arches, right? 
Um, it's actually the like the Southeast Utah group. Southeast so Utah. Arches, right. Canyonlands, and also Hub and Weep National Monument and Natural Bridges National Monument are included in it. So cool. It's those four parks. Um, yeah, it's April through October are the months that I'm going to be out in the parks doing art stuff. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be doing a variety of things. Um, some of it is printmaking, so I'm going to be bringing my homemade presses out to the oh, parks. Oh, you are? Okay. And making prints. Um, Good. And, you know, I think that'll be like a fun interactive thing. Um, I am going to bring my paper making set up, um, like with my whole like recycled paper thing. Um, so I'm going to be making some paper, um, that, and then also just doing like, um, drawing and just kind of like, like plein air drawing and like observational drawing. And oh. those kind of like, I think will be a cool, uh, sampling of, I uh-huh. guess, just like the whole process. And then will, will, will your work be on display after that or during it or... Or how will people see or interact with with what you're doing? Totally, yeah. So um, one way to interact would just be, you know, if you happen to catch me while I'm there and just kind of interact with it directly. Um, I'll also have work in the um, in the gift shops and the bookstores at mm-hmm. Arches and Canyonlands. Okay. Um, so that'll be up the whole year. And then I also have work in Moab Made in town. Okay. Um, so it'll be cool. scattered around. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck with that. And if how do our listeners get in touch with you if they wanted to be able to go online and check, see what your uh, examples of your work? Um, yeah, I've got a portfolio website, um, opusmixtum.com. Um, I've also got an Instagram. Opus Mixtum. It is, yeah. O-P-U-S-M-I-X-T-U-M.com. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jess. I appreciate you coming up here today to KZMU. And I look forward to seeing your work uh, more and also uh, the artists in the park. See what that produces. So thank Thank you you very much again. Next up, we have uh, a special treat today in the studio joining me here. On KZMU, in case you're wondering where you are on the dial, you're at 90.1 or 106.7. Or maybe you're streaming us on KZMU.org. So here today, Donnie Kiffmeyer and also Christy Dunton-Williams is here. And we're going to be talking about the Moab Community Theater among other things. So please welcome Donnie and Christy. How are you? Thank you. Good. Hi, Donnie. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having us up today. Oh, thank you so much for coming. Um, I'm really excited about um, things that are cooking here in, in Moab. You know, coming up on March 1st, is the deadline for the uh, new rap tax funding here in in town. I'll be anxious to see what kinds of applications we get for the arts and all the activities that uh, that happen here in, in our community. You know, I asked you to come up here today to talk about the Moab Community Theater. Tell me about what you do. Uh, Are you talking uh, about Moab Community Theater? Well, well, we let's do. Talk, yeah, well, let's talk about, about that okay. first. Okay. Um, and, you know, maybe <laughs> then we can get into a little um, skit 
or something. And then I also we, we can quickly talk about uh, Christy. You you have the art trail, and that just came Lab out. Lab art trails. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, let's save a minute to talk about that. Oh, wonderful, that. wonderful. Thank you. But let let's talk okay. about about. The theater. Well, it's interesting that you brought up March 1st Mm -hmm. as being the deadline for the RAP tax grant submissions. It's also the date of uh, Moab Community Theater's first meeting in probably six years. And that's going to be at uh, the library on March 1st at 545 p.m. in the meeting room. So anybody, anybody who's even remotely interested in theater, any aspect of it, whether Mm -hmm. you want to be an actor or you want to build set or you just want to stand backstage and change Christie's clothes. Right, right, right. (laughs) Anything. Anything. Yeah, it all works. Okay. That way. Ring the bell, the foley. Yeah. (laughs) The footsteps are coming. That's right. That's radio theater. We've done some of that too in the past as well. So the main thing exciting because it is uh, the 50th year. It's our 50th year of of Moab Community Theater in this town. Yeah, which which is great. And and I don't know if you were listening, but but I also kicked off by congratulating the high school on their 25th annual. You know their. 25 year 25 year of musical productions mm-hmm. and plays at the oh, high school and a right. big big uh, nod to Merrily Francis Merrily Francis Absolutely. oh, oh totally Thank you, Merrily. boy and uh, and now to have what you're talking mm-hmm. about re- kicking that off again well, Merrily's been a long time supporter mm-hmm. even of community theater and any mm-hmm. of the theater that's gone on mm-hmm. in this town and and I, I'm sure there was theater more than 50 years ago that was going on in this town. But as far as an organization goes, or more like a club, mm-hmm. Moab Community Theater is, I do believe, the oldest continuous-running community theater in the state of Utah. Really? That's, I've heard that. Huh. Have you heard that? I have. Well, I believe it. If you've heard it, then I believe it. <laughs> but I am an actor, you know. <laughs> well, even just in little Moab, Utah, because yeah. you think back 50 years ago, what it was like here in 1973. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was not like 1973 even. I would say that Moab had a reputation of being a little, maybe even a decade behind what the outside world was wearing and doing. It felt like you were walking back a little bit so you could be exactly who and what you wanted to be. A very tolerant place, I'd say, Mm -hmm. but um, not the kind of place you'd say this has an art scene. Mm. So how wonderful to be able to be here. Gosh, I go back not that long nor you that long but to realize that uh indeed there's live theater Mm -hmm. and you can you know kind of create what you would like the uh, barriers to accessing that creative experience were quite low Mm. and really uh incubated an awful lot of rich color and creativity for decades here that's true community theater you know has always been a a volunteer Mm -hmm. project throughout the years in other words everybody involved with it basically volunteered their time Mm -hmm. and back 30 40 years ago we had a lot more time on our hands (laughs) yeah winters were you know we spent six months without six months without seeing 
much traffic in town, no tourists, mm. things like that. Mm. Potluck. No, and no work. So, yeah, we would we'd do lots of potlucks. You know, we would get together. And we do plays, yeah, because you know, we had time to spend a couple of months rehearsing and building mm-hmm. set and designing mm-hmm. lights. And oh, and the audience in Moab. Okay, so you imagine best. it because you get kind of uh, uh, hungry. This is before satellite TV. Mm-hmm. This is before a lot of things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and so people uh, were really, really into coming to these well, performances. Well, tell me, how are you going to recapture that? Well. I- I don't know if, it, if really you recapture anything. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is bring the bring excitement back into that. I mean, it it kind of develops that excitement itself. Mm-hmm. The people that go, yeah, I, I really want to, I really want to do something. I'm not sure what I want to do, but I want to do something. So it's just a matter of giving a little direction, finding something that people want to go with, and. People say, yeah, I'll help with that, and I'll help with this. And that's what really starts the energy happening, is just that that sense of people that that just have that feeling of wanting to put on a show. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do this year to bring community theater before the public? What, We're going to have what a meeting you, March 1st. Yeah, I know you got, <laughs> That'll be the first thing. I know you got your That's meeting. The first so, so, yeah, tell me, what, 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 is your, what are your goals for the year? What do you um, want to work on? I want to work on getting another good crew of people that are alive. <laughs> oh, that, that's <laughs> See, that's been part of the problem. That's a major requirement. Yeah, think, it is. Right? And to, uh, that want to do something. Mm-hmm. And then we work it from there. I mean, we can do, we can do workshops. So throughout the, the history of MCT, lots of times we would bring some sort of professional in to do a workshop. Maybe it was a, a voice workshop or we did a, we did a play, uh, A Company of Wayward Saints, a number of years ago, which was based on Comedia del Arte. Mm-hmm. And so we brought in somebody that was very knowledgeable about that and doing masks and brought masks because mm-hmm. that's all part of the Comedia del Arte like that. So lots of times we can bring in people to help uh, facilitate workshops mm-hmm. for actors or performers, or mm-hmm. we can actually help people learn okay how do you design and build a set what's involved with light design i love doing light design because it's like to me it's a form of painting i'm i'm painting a picture with lights you know and and there's something really satisfying about doing that they're all creative processes i should have had you make make the monolith that that i just had because my arm is still sore i moving this stupid thing around and painting it but no no so do, do you have a, a, a play, or is there something... Well, that's part of the meeting what process. What you're moving towards, that's part production? Of the, that's part of the meeting process, is actually like, what do people have energy for? What mm-hmm. would they like to do? We start bringing in plays, and if we meet regularly, what we usually do, and I'm sure we'll do it on, on March 1st, is we'll read a few. We'll read some lines, mm. you know, just to get people into the feel of it. Right. And basically then, as the... As the year goes on and we do little workshops or maybe we do some improv stuff or whatever, it's, it's hard to say what, what they want is what they'll get. And at some point, somebody comes forward and says, I have this play here and I really like it mm-hmm. and I really want to see it done and who wants to help do it? And people start saying, well, I'll make your props or I'll do this. And ideally, 
that person or someone that also loves to play as much says, I will direct. Mm-hmm. That's the big first step. And then mm-hmm. getting a producer, getting somebody that's willing to produce the play, actually do all the production end of it, which is which is pretty involved. You know, mm-hmm. they're the nuts and bolts. The producer's the nuts and bolts person. Mm-hmm. They don't get to do as much of the creativeness as the rest, but they understand the creative process enough right. that they want to make it happen. So and they can work a yeah. timeline and help actually, oh, yeah. uh, you know, achieve it, like producing any event, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you'll be looking for anybody to come to this and meeting everybody. On, on March 1st. So, yeah. so, so again, just tell me, it's March 1st. Where, where is the meeting? At the library, in the meeting at, room. At the, the library, big meeting room. in the meeting room. Okay. Sounds like a murder. You know, in a <laughs> murder clip. mystery. In the library. In the library. With the hammer. At 545. <laughs> no, okay, but it's 545. Yes. Okay. okay. And, and again, uh, you don't have to have any special talent if you've no. never done anything. But you don't you, have to but have you'd any like previous to. experience. You'd like to say, how does that work? Yeah. So... Curiosity is the best thing to have. The, the other thing, um, you know, we had, I think I had mentioned to you about attracting outside groups mm-hmm. to come to Moab. We've done that, too. Yeah. Um, tell me, how, do, how can we do that again? Well, a lot of it is you can, you can contact uh, different theater groups mm-hmm. throughout the state or throughout our, our the uh, Intermountain region like that. Like we'd had, we had Creed Theater come over and do some pieces before. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, we've supported workshops at the high school with the kids there like that and creating. And lots of times we would do, we had a lot of splinter groups. Moab Community Theater, like I said, it was all volunteer, which means right. nobody got paid. Right. And basically any money that was made at the door and through advertising went back into the kitty to be able to mount the next play. Right. But there are times that there was a play, somebody wanted to do a play, and they had somebody specifically in mind. They didn't want to have to do open auditions. Mm-hmm. But And since community theater, that's part of our deal is like we have to have open auditions, mm-hmm. you know, and because that's how we get new blood into it. But occasionally, you know, you want to do something and you've got an idea how it wants to be and you know exactly who you want to do it with. And so we would form a splinter group. Mm -hmm. Even though we were still all part of Moab Community Theater, we would be like a... A little production group. Yeah, a little production group. And we've had several of those splinter off like that and Mm -hmm. then come back to MCT. And we helped... We worked with the high school before. There are several shows that we've had where we've had high school students in the show that went on, and some of them have gone on to do. To do professional work. Oh, really? And I was going to ask you if over those 25 years of the high school doing the plays, if any any of those oh, yes. folks have stayed on and have participated in oh, some yes. of the future. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Which We've is, had a couple of those. Which is yeah. great. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Just having the experience, especially if you're a creative kid or we'll call it uh, an experiential learner, mm-hmm. uh, to know that there's a place for you. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. right over here. And not only that, but people make money on it. People get degrees in it, you yeah. know. In, in some ways, I just call it, uh, it's sort of like the Johnny Appleseed of that, you know, inspiring pathways 
for people that uh, are very creative mm-hmm. and want to do something like that in their lives. There's a way, you know. And and I'm hoping that uh, Utah State University now, who is building their presence here mm-hmm. in Moab, I don't know what their long-range plans are, but perhaps there's an opportunity there to do something well, through the university. attract some people, you know, even people that are doing something, let's say, like a recreational management or learning some of the things that I've heard USU is going to be putting forth in their curricula can mm. use and, uh, you know, develop the skills about presenting. Uh, so, but whatever about the vocational frame, it's really just <laughs> uh, a thing where it's like one becomes enriched through play. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I told you I had a blast uh, the, the other night <laughs> at, at the Sci-Fi Film Festival, which I mentioned earlier. We had a special... A special guest come at one point in the movie. Um, if if anybody was there, where the ape, if you're familiar with the scene in 2001: Space Odyssey, where the monolith is unveiled for the first time, and one of the apes boldly moves forward to touch it, and believe it or not. During the film, we actually had a monolith appear in the mark on the stage, and then almost like it, it was it was almost like AI. There was an ape on the stage at the same time as one on uh, in movie, and I didn't get to see it because I was otherwise. Involved. And you were aping around somewhere else. I was, I was yeah, aping around. Yeah. situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, so I know what you mean about, uh, do, you know, some improv theater work. So. But uh, but anyway. Um, feels good, doesn't what, it? feels good to it, hear that. You it, could feel that audience, couldn't you? It, you can feel it, the audience's yes, energy. Yes, yes. It was, it, I, apparently people applauded and, you know, when, when you're in there trying to get your suit off, it's, it's a little difficult. Yeah. But, but going back to um, the community theater, how, again, are you guys funded? You said it's all volunteers. We're we're self-funded. We basically fund ourselves mm-hmm. um, through uh, ads in our program and tickets at the door. Do you think you'll be producing something this year? Maybe. That's the intention. That's the intention. I guess it all depends on the turnout on March 1st. Will there, also- will there be others, like if somebody's working that day? In case, oh yes, okay. oh yeah, of course. So just in, if some, I'd like to, I'd like to start doing it. We used to do it monthly, and I would like to start that back up again, where we monthly get together, read plays, knock around ideas, play games, right? You know, read stuff, act stuff out. Now you were doing something um, at the Rotary Park, weren't mm-hmm. you, during the summer? I, we were doing some improv classes, okay. improvisational classes. And and who came to those? Oh, there was about a half dozen people or okay. so. Which is not a bad turnout for such a niche thing. But what no. I love about improv and improv games is that anybody can do them. We could right. do one right now. Uh, people are like, oh, I can't act, I can't do that. Yeah, but... Uh, 
I bet you you could play a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even families who some people don't like board games, some people don't like televised sports. You can sit around the table and play some of these games. Life is an improvisation. I mean, we improvise every moment of our lives. And, and if we don't, we're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like every conversation that we have. Right. Most conversations, unless it's something scripted, is an improvisational conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, improv was originally developed uh, for dramatic actors to be able to, to break through barriers that they had within themselves. So they would play these games. That was... Uh, uh, Spolin, I can't remember mm-hmm. her first name mm-hmm. right now, but and it was much later on in the 60s, 70s, 80s that improv became more associated with comedy. Right, right. That that's that's how most people right. That's know. what I know. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like one thing that uh, I studied improv in California for a while, and the one thing that I got at, well, I got a lot of stuff out of it, but the the main thing that I got out of it is that. The truth is funny, so it's yeah. like if you're if you're playing a part and you're playing it honestly, mm-hmm. it can be hysterical to somebody else. You know, it's like uh, what's the other thing I've often heard that uh, comedy is nothing more than tragedy plus time. <laughs> I right. like that. It's just not funny yet. There are a lot of things. Yeah, that I like. I like it. Not funny well, quite yet. Well, <laughs> let's try that. Uh, I know that you you. Um, brought something to do um i think you did and maybe mm-hmm. we'll we'll put the put you two to the test oh you're gonna you're gonna put us on the spot well, are you well yeah i mean i i want uh, talking a big yarn about improv <laughs> yeah yeah you know here you are you know saying how great it is and so much anybody fun. can do it and uh-huh. so much fun uh-huh. we'll do it <laughs> you want us you want us to do a a little scripted piece yeah, do that, and okay. then if okay. you, and okay. then if you wanted to do something else, you could do that. But but I know you. I, I saw you pull out the uh, yes. you know, your manuscript. Uh-huh. There, I, so. I did because uh, it is what we call a cold read. Ice cold. Ice cold oh, reading. Oh, great. Okay, so so you're going to put your inflections on in there. Yeah. And we just move. call this fresh as a daisy because right. we barely read through and it. The, yeah. And the fun thing will be if you completely mix, uh, you, you read it as something. <laughs> oh, very, don't worry. I'm sure it'll screw something yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, that's so, okay. So but you'll see what an actor does when they do that. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Here's the big buildup. And here they are on the stage here in KZMU. Donnie Kiffmeyer and Christy Dunton-Williams. I love that I have that name with you. I love this. Okay, Okay, we are hearing Shell's Shorts. Uh, This is one by Shell Silverstein. The title is... is No Skronking. A lunch counter. Bertha stands behind the counter. Arnold sits at the counter eating pie. A sign on the wall says, No Skronking. Arnold looks at the sign. Is that spelled right? Uh-huh. Skronking? That's right. Warm that up? Well, sure. Skronking? Skronking. What? No skronking. What is skronking? Skronking. Am uh, I skronking? If you were, we'd let you know. Believe me. We don't allow it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You're better off 
Stay in your safe, secure little world. I'm curious. About scronking. About things I don't understand. Oh, aren't you the little scientist, Mr. Thirst for Knowledge? So you don't permit scronking? We don't allow it. Not for a minute. So you don't want me to scronk? Is that the word? We'd frown upon it. So if I know what it is, I can be aware, you know, make sure I, I don't do it by mistake. One does not scronk inadvertently. Oh, no, 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 no. Not by mistake. But I might. I, I mean, if I had no idea Your what it... Look, this sign is not for you, all right? It is meant for others. Don't dwell on it. Enjoy your pie. Pie. Enjoy your banana cream pie. Well, that scronking has got to me. I hope not. For your sake. It's it's meant... The sign is meant for... Scronkers. They knew who they are. They see the sign? We hope they do. And they can't miss it. And they don't scronk. They better not. The sign warns them that there will be consequences. What if I do this? Not by a long shot. How about this? No, no, but please, don't pursue this. You could go on all week. You're not going to get it. No, no, just no. Well, supposing that... Please, I have work. Well, supposing I did scronk by mistake, what would you do? You see, you won't. That question proves that you won't. You're not a scronker. A scronker would never ask that question. He or she would know. Well, things can be done unawares. You know, someone has a, a bit too much to drink, okay? Uh, they lose control. They do things one would never imagine them doing. You know, they sing body songs, put on female clothing, pour ketchup on their head. <laughs> You think scronking is something you do when you're drunk? Oh, no. Think again, my friend. Scronking is a... What? 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 Why is it such a deep, dark secret? It is not a dark secret. Why would we put up a public sign if there were such a dark secret? (sighs) Then what is it? What? Tell me, do you have a good life? Do I... Have a... A pleasant life. A reasonably content. I suppose I No do. major problems. Health, work, love, sex, drugs, alcohol. No major neuroses. I think I'm all right. Except for my curiosity. That always gets me... You're all right. Stay all right, all right? Don't go opening cans of beans. You're not a scronker. You don't scronk. Be grateful. Thank God. You're scronkless. Why borrow trouble? How is it borrowing trouble? Being aware? Understand the, understanding the meaning of no, a word? Being aware puts it into your mind. You discover there is scronking, and you learn the process of scronking, and you become curious as to the effect of scronking, the pleasures of scronking. You scronk once, and just to try it. And before you know it, it's scronk, 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 all the way home. So there are pleasures. You see, you see, you're already nibbling at the pleasure part. You (laughs) better watch out. I tell you this seriously. 
seriously, you could be a skrunk quite easily. You could. I've observed you. You've got potential. You're in danger. Quit now. Get off this train before it picks up steam. I'm not frightened of something I don't understand. If you understood and you recognized within yourself the potential, you might truly be frightened. So, frighten me. I won't. You frighten me. You do. That sign, that does apply to you. It does. You are. Just heed that sign. Hey, look, I was just... (gasps) Not here. Not in here. Look, I'm not a scrum... Whatever you are or aren't, whatever you do, not here, all right? Not here. She backs slowly away as the lights fade. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is scrunking. No scrunking. No scrunking in Moab. Whether you well, know it or not. Well, thank there you, you Bert. And if you want to know more about scrunking, but mm-hmm. we're afraid to ask, don't call me on March 1st. You go to the library and you say, hey, What's with this scrunking stuff? (laughs) Yeah, it's sort of like a coupon. We'll know exactly where they heard about us. That's right. Well, (laughs) I want to thank you so much for coming here today. Sure. Up up to the studio. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Richard. Oh, oh, I'm I'm hopeful that you'll get a good turnout and, you know, we can start to see more, more of the community theater. And we will see you there, right? You could. You could. You just might. You know, if you want... Did you say you had an improv thing for, like, two minutes? Uh, We did. We did. What did did you want to know about Moab Art Trails? I want to make sure we have some... Oh, well, just... I I just saw a a flyer on my my way in here. Um, I think it is... Yes, it's the new uh, 22-23 Sculpture Exhibition, and it looks like they're hot off the press. It is a new printing, yeah, because yeah. we have some new sponsors, and so they're out there if people want to know who who are those sculptures. Oh, another great program here in Moab. I mean, Thank you. the size of our town, and we have this kind of sculpture out there for everybody to see is just incredible. Um, anything you wanted to mention ab- about this? Are there any walks coming up? Well, you know, it would be fun to be able to uh, take people on a few walking tours, but it's one of those self-guided tours where people can uh, even be looking on the website. There are little QR codes for people that do QR code stuff if they walk around town and they aim it at the base of the work in question. It should take you right to the word about the artist but uh, moabarttrails.org people can go and find out more about the works and uh, anytime anybody wanted to have a little stroll around the uh, the art trail they can uh, inhabit the shared spaces of our downtown and enjoy the culture there have you gotten feedback on this year's sculptures yeah uh, i'll say in some ways uh i'll say that the female form can be pretty provocative there's a lot of (laughs) about the uh about women that uh, maybe in general in the uh zeitgeist of our Mm -hmm. of our uh 
cultural thinkings right now, right? But um, there are some feminine forms that I find are great. Uh, as to commentary about it, I'll say that sometimes we'll, people will take pictures and they'll show up everywhere. Like you can't believe how far the selfie situation yeah. goes. And so uh, I see a lot of that and people uh, treating it as if it's a sort of a year-long uh, treasure hunt because yeah. they thought they would have seen it and then they walk past the thing and they I I haven't even seen this one yet so maybe, maybe the map will help but uh, the idea is that all year long people can vote at moabarttrails.org for the one we call the keeper uh, meaning right. which one are we going to keep for the permanent collection and to date since its inception in 2015 moab art trails has donated uh pretty close to a hundred thousand dollars worth of public art to the public sphere which is incredible which is great mm -hmm. it's so great some of it uh you know well there was one called the hatch which was a pair of fish that were uh, oh yeah yeah play and uh was damaged by the flood so you know there again, art imitates life. And, <laughs> right, uh, right. The fish got uh, swallowed up. Swallowed right? by the water, but um, it can be fixed. Mm -hmm. So Good. that's something I appreciate the airtime for is to say, don't worry, uh, they're being fixed and uh, lots will be replaced. Good. Vote for the one that you like best and let us know if you would ever like to be a selector. Uh, because every year annually, the selectors uh, that curate the show... Um, community members, people that say they don't know anything about art, artists, merchants, all kinds of people. And um, they help us select the artists. And that, yeah. Well, the show won't be till October, wait, no, September 30th, Saturday, the sorry. last Saturday in September okay. this year. Well, thank you so much for, for what you do with that. Uh, Donnie, thank you as well for coming on today. And, and thank I, you for having us, Richard. I uh, also want to thank my first guest, Jess how and you still have time to get over to see her exhibit at the mark and please join us again for art talks on march 20th you can hear art talks on the airwaves at kzmu every third monday of the month at 4 p.m 